Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. It's always uh, just a pleasure, just a pleasure to come across your airwaves and uh, your radios and be out there with you folks wherever you are. Sometimes it's kind of cool to think about where everybody's at. And uh, with me, as always, is my friend Stephanie. And uh, Stephanie, catch us up. Uh, is it a crazy time where you are right now? Any time with eight kids. Wow. Is crazy. But. It's a good time, you know. It's just perspective. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a movie, you know. His, mine, ours. <laughs> Except you got them all without the his. I'm yeah. gonna say I don't have a his, so it's, yeah, it's just mine. Yeah, it's a lonely mine. Yeah, yeah. Well, praise God. Yeah, someday they're all gonna be graduated from college and married, and you're gonna say, "Will you please come home and visit me?" <laughs> Will you all talk at the same time? I know that's yeah. my biggest. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. Will you all yell at each other? Yeah, that's what my mother used to say. Would you all come in the house and yell at each other? Aw. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we've been cruising along, and uh, we have this segment before we hop back into Proverbs chapter six. Boy, we went out there yesterday, and and uh, it was it was out there. And uh, man, I'm going to tell you something. There's so much in God's word that we spent the entire podcast on one verse. Uh, chapter six, verse twenty-seven. We uh, we haven't done that since Psalm twenty-three, so that was kind of a cool thing. But we have this segment. You might be a knucklehead, and we do it for a few reasons. Number one, we do it so that you know what a knucklehead looks like. Number two, so that you're not a knucklehead. And number three, uh, sometimes there's humor in there, but I don't know. Lately, there hasn't been a lot of humor. And uh, so you might be a knucklehead if is what we've been going through. And I think you might be a knucklehead. And, and I, you know, I always don't want to do this, but I, I want to do this. I want to say this because it's coming up on Veterans Day. But you might be a knucklehead if you don't appreciate the sacrifice that people have made for this nation. That's and, right. uh, you know, even if, a, even if a guy served six months, I know I did 26 years. Some people have done infinitely more than that. Some people have been a prisoner or war camps for 10, 12 years in Vietnam, all that. But I, I always appreciate what anybody's done. You know, one day in the military is like hyper gear, seven years in real life or something. It's crazy, man. And uh, so I just want to say that you might be a knucklehead if we don't appreciate what our military men and women have been doing. And I want to take it a step further and say you might be a knucklehead if you don't appreciate what our missionaries are doing for God. And they're out there in those same struggles and they don't get to carry uh, an M16 or M9 or M4, whatever in the world you guys are carrying today. It's hard to keep up with. Uh, when I left the military, I was carrying a nine millimeter and M nine and, uh, uh, an M 16. So a lot of things have changed over the time, but so Stephanie, now we talk about, now this is where we say things you don't do or don't say to people with PTSD. And I wanted to 
I want to keep this going. I want to see how far we can keep this going and we can help. And, and it helps people with PTSD know what people shouldn't be saying to them as well. So with that in your mind, it's, it's your turn. And uh, can you think of something that people shouldn't say or do to people with PTSD? Wow. Um, I think one of the things, you know, we always think in terms of PTSD as being um, just with adults. Yeah. But I think it's important to remember that there's also kids out there that suffer from PTSD. No matter what the age. And um, so I think what I would say today as my focus of what you never do to someone with PTSD is never stand by um, and let a child be bullied. Never stand by and let a child who's been through trauma be mocked or ridiculed or bullied without stepping up to the plate. There it is. and being an advocate for that child. Yeah, don't stand by. Don't let it happen. And uh, I think that's a good one. I, I, I think there needs to be a clear understanding, especially between us who care enough that maybe we have PTSD or we care enough to be listening to this podcast. And there are so many listening that don't have PTSD, and we get that. And we thank you for that. Keep on listening. Uh, but let's help each other, and let's remember that everybody, no matter the age, can suffer from PTSD. I've met children as young as seven or eight years old, really battling, really struggling with PTSD. And sometimes they don't know it. And sometimes, you know, it intensifies what we are already. So some people don't recognize that folks have PTSD. So I found that, you know, and, we, and I know we use terms like you're hypersensitive, you're hypervigilant, you're hyper, all these different things. But the reality is if, if we have uh, maybe not a flaw in our character, but if we have a side of our character where we're, we're maybe a little more wound up, well, you multiply that times 20, and that may be PTSD. And, and uh, so, again, we're not trying to diagnose people with PTSD, but exactly what Stephanie says, be aware that there's so many that suffer from that. So here we are. We're in Proverbs chapter 6, and uh, we're talking about all kinds of things. We talked about our flaws and things we do, that things always seem to go back to immorality. And, you know, we got Solomon talking to his son here, and things always seem to go back to laziness, sexual, financial uh, you know, there's just a handful of things that people fall in, it seems like, and they all fall into those types of categories. And here we are, Stephanie, and we, we read like 27 through 30, I think yesterday, and we only did 27. And we're just talking about how these verses pertain to us. And we're trying to give you this scenic view. Remember, we're not doing a Hebrew exegetical study where, we're not pulling out the original tongue, and, and certainly we could, but I think that takes away from what we're trying to pull off here on our morning commutes. Or uh, I listen to this. I'll be listening to this. I'll be out there walking somewhere probably or exercising, and uh, right after I read the Word of God or right before I read the Word of God, depending on how my head's going, uh, I use the podcast to help me go through that. But it says, Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth in the neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her, shall not be innocent. So this is what, you know, coming right out here, Stephanie, I only want to read two verses at this point, but can we walk on hot coals without our feet being burned? That's a pretty easy question in my mind. Yeah, that doesn't take a lot to answer. 
<laughs> and I know you've all seen these guys who've tempered their feet a hundred times. I read somewhere that some people have stuff implanted in their feet so they can walk on hot coals on television shows and stuff. And some people just walk on hot coals. Uh, and again, remembering that 50% of the population are total knuckleheads and idiots. Uh, I mean, you don't, <laughs> but this is what it comes back to. Can we do that? And I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on this verse. No. So, you know, being immoral, immoral, being immoral, having suffering from immorality, being involved in that. Are you, are you going to be burned? Is it going to stick with you? It always does. There's no way around that. And I know we kind of labored on that uh, the day before yesterday, but the reality is we got to remember God's word is here for a reason. It's to remind us that we never do anything to contrary to his laws, his precepts, what God expects from us without that stuff staining us. There's mm-hmm. a stain that comes with it. And, and I really think that's the crux of this, this particular verse is, hey, stop it. When you walk on hot coals, your feet get burned. And when you mess around in immorality, when you play with something you shouldn't play with, you're going to be burned. That's just yeah. where, that's where it goes. That's where it's at. That's what's going on here. I, and and I, I think beyond that would be kind of weird. Uh, but, you know, this next verse, again, in context going along, it says, So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her, shall not be innocent. And so, so God's reminding us, hey, the neighbor's wife is off bounds. And, 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 you know, we, what does it say in that, that old commandment there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, here we go again. So you don't go in here. Uh, you're not innocent. If you touch her and even, you know, and again, we're not talking about rape and we've made the differentiation through here, but we're talking about something that God looks at as sin that God looks at as something we shouldn't do. And Solomon cared so much about it. He's telling his son, Solomon, who had how many wives? How many concubines? A thousand. How many, yeah. A thousand altogether, which is traumatizing. A thousand. You tell me you can remember a thousand people's names. I'm sorry. You know, uh, you, you can remember that you can't. And, uh, I remember one of the things that freaked me out, and I don't know if this ever freaked you out in Africa or not, but I, when I was over in Kenya on a mission trip in 1999, um, I remember we were, uh, we went to this place, we were in Eldoret, and so we went to a place called, I think it was Simba Chai, it was like a Lion and Tea or something like that, but when we were there, we stayed at this farmer who got saves a state, and he had eight wives. And I remember this because I, I, I was trying to figure out the order and the craziness and everything surrounded with eight wives. And, uh, you know, and his number one wife, the first wife sat right next to him and they were lined up by rank after that. And he got saved. And so I said to the missionary, I said, well, what do we do here? He says, do I tell him to divorce his wives? I mean, you know, that's wow. just one. Of, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and he's letting us use the ranch. He's, he's killing the fatted lamb so we can eat. He's taking care of us. And, uh, uh, and that really, maybe it's a bit out of context, but, but the craziness he's telling, you know, going back to what Solomon having a thousand altogether and this guy trying to keep up with these eight wives and the woman who kept the schedule and the woman who kept control. I mean, she was in charge. Everybody called her mama. 
she was the main one. And they spoke Swahili and English. They were right on the Uganda border. As a matter of fact, I think half the farmland was in Uganda. So it was just, there wasn't any walls of guards or anything like that. I mean, it was just right in the middle of the farmland. And, and it's crazy, but here's a guy, here's dad. You want to say, hold on, dad, <laughs> you know, don't you have a thousand women around? And, uh, and, and, and Solomon saying, listen, you're not innocent going on to your neighbor's wife and men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. And, you know, so we're going in a, a in a different men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. And I think it, we got to read this next one. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. So it's talking about, you know, we don't despise a guy if he's starving to death, but if he's caught, boy, he's paying that price. You know, there's a price. And so we got this idea, I think, Stephanie, that goes back up that says, you know, if you mess around with this neighbor's wife, if you're caught, the punishment is sevenfold. Mm. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's it's more than you can handle. And I, I know I've told you this story. I'm not sure if I ever told it on a podcast, but when I was a teenager, I was, you know, and I mean, I was just a kid. I think I was in ninth grade or something. I, I realized I came to the thing that there were these two girls and I liked them equally. And the good news was they went to different schools. One went to my school, one went somewhere else. It was never going to be caught. I was just going to hang around with them to see which one I liked better. You know, I was stupid. I was young. Don't do it. It's against the rules. I apologize to everybody who's a female human being right now. But (laughs) anyway, I remember I'm never going to be caught. This is going to be all right. Everything's going to be great. And I remember coming home and having both their mom's cars in my yard. (laughs) And I was afraid to go in the house. And I remember going in the door and one of my sisters hit me in the head before I even got to my chair. (laughs) And that was labeled pig. It was a terrible thing. Anyway, I don't even know why I went there. But when you get caught and what he's saying, he's talking about when a thief gets caught. uh, You went there because you got caught. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and, you know, there's never innocence involved with this. I don't think Stephanie, I, I don't think you can ever have adultery. I don't think you can ever do though. And, and folks, there's repentance. God, God can take this away from you. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there's no easy way out of something like that. And the reason yeah. for that is because it's against God's words and precepts. And so we can say, well, society don't like it, but why in the first place didn't society like it? Because God has rules. There's a set yeah. of rules you have to follow. There, There's laws we follow. There's precepts. And, and and I think that's what's going on. And then, you know, I've got this highlighted. I got an arrow up against it in verse 32, Stephanie. It said, but whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He doeth it to be destroyed. He It destroyeth his own soul. And I, I just want to stop there for a minute. So, you know what God's saying? If we commit adultery with somebody, it's destroying our own soul. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's sticking around with us. You can't get rid of it. You know, there's only one that can take that from you and that's God. And, uh, but it's saying, you know, you can do this. You can think it's good. You can do those things, but it's destroying your own soul. And you and I have talked about that man we know. And I, and I, and I've told Stephanie in my obituary, I'm going to list his name. You know, that way, by the way, the man we talked about in 200 of our podcasts uh, (laughs) is so-and-so. 
But huh? you know, there's there's a root that grows out of a destroyed soul yeah. that's yeah. no good. There's yeah. a root that grows out of a destroyed soul that is of no value. There's a root that grows, and and I think that's what's going on. You lacketh understanding, and so whoever commit adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. It's not an affair. It's an adultery. It's an yeah. adultery. It's uh, you know you you've done something against God. You've done something against this person's husband or wife. You've done something against this person's family. You've done something against this person. You've done something if you're married. Uh, you can commit adultery and be single. I mean, you can, uh, you know, commit adultery with a person. You know, if I'm reading the Word of God right, and I can show you in some places in First Corinthians and stuff, I think you're. You know, first of all, there's never a place to have a relationship outside of marriage. And so I believe that the word of God is pretty clear that no matter when you do it, you're against God's will. It may be adultery of some sort. It's, it's against God's will. That's for sure. Whatever word you want to put on it, that's all right. But look what it says here, Stephanie, and it goes on. And it says, a wound and dishonor shall he get, and his repro reproach shall not be wiped away. So when you see that's not being wiped away, I mean, what are you thinking? Well, I think when you have a person, um, and I think the context here is, in other words, this is someone who's blatant, and they have a reproach to their name in the sense that that is always an association with yeah. when their name is said. This is what's. This is what is thought. This is the reproach that immediately goes through their, goes with their name now. And I think, um, you know, there's a young man from a high-profile family um, who has a TV show. I'm not going to give his name, but anybody out there who watches any kind of keeps up with any kind of news knows I'm talking about. And this young man threw away the Bible principles he was taught. And has done some heinous, heinous, evil, wicked sexual sins to the level that he's looking at prison. Yeah. And now when that young man's name is said, the immediate thing that comes to everyone's mind when they hear his name isn't Christ, isn't glorifying God. It is his sin and it is it is evil it goes if it can go beyond adultery to a level of perverted sexuality that makes me want to scream it's so evil that this man has done this but he still claims to be a christian i'm not sure he's even repented um but yeah. the, he has a reproach he has a reproach that will never be wiped away and, right. and i guess that the example that comes to my mind yeah. right now on the top of my head is is him because it's a young man that I used to admire. Really, yeah. right? Yeah. I used to respect and admire and now I wanna vomit. I wanna scream. I wanna yeah, I wanna do things that wouldn't be very Christ like to him because of what he has chosen to do. He has a reproach that will never be wiped away and that is that is a crying it should make us weep because he has harmed 
he has harmed the name of Christ by his actions. And I think that's, and I do, I think, and that's why I went to you on that reproach one. It's, it's real, folks. I mean, this is something, so understand the scourge that comes along with when we take that step. For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. And, you know, what the Lord's saying here is when you have this wife of another man, you know, there's a jealousy there, and this guy's not giving up. He's going to come find you, and he's going to take you out. So he, here he is, and, and so to put, try to put some context on Proverbs chapter 6, and to try to put this all together, we've seen things that have dealt with immorality. We've seen things that people just want to lay around, people want to steal from people. Again, getting to those things we talked about, the laziness. Um, and, and now we come to this place where it's ending again, and it's talking about there's no good side is what I'm coming with, Stephen. I think it's been clear, but there's no good side of a bad relationship, of doing something outside the will of God. There's no good. There's nothing yeah. good that's going to come from it. And when Stephanie said, I, this guy who had a teeth, I knew who it was immediately, immediately. And, uh, uh, and that's how your family can be. That's how our lives can be. Yeah. And, and so how do we clean all this up if this has happened? And folks, again, at the cross, at the foot of the cross. And if, if you've been that person, I mean, there needs to be forgiveness. There needs to be uh, from God. We need to repent to God. Uh, if there's people in, you know, obviously there's people involved. If there's more people involved, you know, there's got to be forgiveness from them, I believe. I believe in a biblical way we got to clean this all up if we've sinned against a brother or sister. And I, this is just hard, Stephanie. And that's why he's, that's why Solomon's warning his son. That's why it's inspired for us to look at. There's no easy way out. Yeah. You know, and no. we've seen that, haven't we? We've seen broken marriages and all that stuff. Yeah. It's a day-by-day choice. Again. By God's grace. Because the minute you, uh, that verse, it says, um, to him that take it, or to him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. And I was just talking to a lady about this um, at the ladies' conference where I just was at this past weekend, and we were just talking about the seriousness of this subject, talking yeah. about the whole realm of life and how scary it is. We, we were both, she said, she's like, I'm terrified of ever holding a position of prominence because every, so many men who have held position or people that have held positions of prominence fall, and this is the realm they fall in. Yeah. And, we were just talking about it, it makes us tremble because all of our hearts, without the Lord Jesus controlling them, all of our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. If not by the and, grace of God. Yeah. And so that constant moment by moment dependence on the Lord and looking to him for his purity, his life, his holiness, filling us, flowing through us because you don't fall, you don't just fall into these sins. No. It the steps that lead to the ultimate, you know, final okay, I'm just going to do this. It happens in baby steps. Yeah. And um constantly coming back to God and say and and retracing your stre- your steps back to the cross, back to that place of dependence on the Lord and looking to him 
for his grace and his mercy and his strength to stay faithful to him. And remembering, I, I think one of the things that always sobers me the most is remembering that, you know, as adults, it's so easy for adults to judge the young people for, for doing, for becoming immoral, for doing these things. But remembering that we as adults set the example, and, and that always sobers me to remind myself that in my case, I have eight children that are watching me and that I'm, I'm, I'm constantly telling them and, and praying with them and seeking the Lord for them, but that I have to lead by example in a way that maybe I never would have dreamed I'd have to lead them by example. But staying close to God myself in this realm because it's influencing them. It may influence the entire direction of their lives watching what I do by God's grace. And so this is a very important subject, especially um, for parents, for anyone who's involved in working with children, to remember that we are setting a massive example for them and that they will follow us. And are they following us as we follow, as we follow Christ, or are they going to follow us as we follow our flesh? And that's very sobering. Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, that's, you know, I think that's the whole crux of this. I think that's the sad highlight, the dark highlight is what's our testimony is our testimony of God. And if not by the grace of God, I'm sitting here with, uh, you know, in all humility. And I know Stephanie is too. This is, you know, the devil has a target on every single one of us. And, uh, so I, I guess what I would say is this, if, if you've been caught in this trap before and make sure that you've repented of this, make sure that you've been restored with your relationship with God and you're restored with your relationship with those people who've been hurt. And, um, and then we just drive on. And once we give something to God, Stephanie, that, that's another big thing too, is, you know, sometimes we want to hold something against people for like an indefinite period of time. Say, Oh, that's so-and-so, you know, he got drunk, uh, in 1968, you know, and ran over the stop sign or, or, you know, I think there's a lot of lessons in the word of God. And I think, uh, I think it's a great privilege when, when God, when the love of Christ constraineth us, as it says over in second Corinthians, I think it's a great privilege that we get through something and we're spared of stuff. And we should thank God for that always and pray uh -huh. for more of that. You know, I think we should pray for more of that. And, uh, and so that's kind of the way if, if we were to look at Proverbs chapter six and we would end that, I would say this, uh, we know that we're not supposed to be doing things and the rules are there and the reality is there and we got to do everything we can to stay within the purity of marriage and God's rules for us. And we got to do everything we can to work. We got to do everything we can to look like that ant to store things up. We got to do everything we can not to have to rob food or, or, you know, to understand that the punishment sevenfold to understand people are jealous that people are going to keep coming for us. So if we're wrapping this whole thing up, is just know God, know God's word, know what God expects of us and choose to follow what God has to say. Every, seems like every podcast, either you have, I said, it's a choice. And uh -huh. uh, so I want to do that. So I'm wrapping it up and I want to say that I don't think Stephanie said, wow, once during this podcast. So I want to let you know, she's really <laughs> tired. She went that from seven times, <laughs> four podcasts ago 
to not once this podcast. So we're pretty lucky. Listen, we love you folks. And uh, honestly, there's a great <laughs> God you can go to. He'll hook you up. And, uh, and if we can do anything to help you in that area, make sure you look for us on the Facebook page, Helpful Wounded Spirits. Anything we can do to help you, we'd love to do that. We hope you have a great day. Listen to every word Brother Eric's got to say. There's nothing more important than understanding and realizing that you need Jesus Christ as your Savior and then accepting him. That's a great day. Have a wonderful one. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.